It's back to a cut. Yeah. <laughs> back for another week. You're tuned into Back to a Cut. My name is Josh DiMatteo. Here, as always, with the probably a little bit tipsy from a big day of Super Bowl, Jake Eisenberg. We somehow broke even today, boys. It's all we needed. <laughs> we would. We want. We wanted more. We'll accept less. We'll accept. Please gamble just responsibly. Please gamble and with us, as always, is the full of KFC, Matt Beatty. Oh. Yeah, it was uh, not a very productive work from home day today. Uh, <laughs> What'd you go with? Uh, What's your go-to order? Well, it was me and my housemate and I went in on a, I don't know what kind of family meal deal it was, but it came <laughs> no, with four. Bad news, mate. Oh, boy. It came with four Zinger burgers and two large fries. So <laughs> I know that's the what we went with. There was family nuggets of in two that box today. too. <laughs> it was a family of two. No, there was no nuggets. We didn't splurge to that extent, Josh, but... Um, <laughs> We just kept it in check with the two burgers each and some chippies. Yeah. Mountain Dew? We went Pepsi Max. We're trying, oh, to, yeah. trying to be a little yeah, bit sensible. No sugar, no sugar. Yeah. Yeah, keep, keep it clean. Yeah. Oh, anyway, uh, we might as well kick into this episode, which it's kind of going to be a part B of last week's episode where we did some early trade chat before the mm. deadline. The deadline's now passed. Before we get into that, though, we have to... Of course, run through our favorite and only segment, the Aussie Rose Gold moment of the week, which is probably a toss-up between, uh, really it shouldn't be, Josh Giddy went and got his second ever triple-double, probably still the youngest ever against the Bulls. He was the second youngest triple-double of all time. To himself? To himself, correct. Yeah, Yeah. awesome. Um, So that's a huge deal. But conversely, Jock Landale's found himself back in the... Spurs rotation, uh, thanks a li- in a little part to Zach Collins' injury, but he dunked it, and the Spurs oh, went yeah. crazy, and that oh, is exactly yeah. what this man needed. A big dunk, big energy play, start feeling it again, because uh, it was getting a bit stale toward the past week or so. Our guy, Jock, caught a body, man. Caught a body. About time. He called himself athletic. Uh, that's yeah. huge. It was good to see Got the boys fired up. They got a W against the Hawks. It was against the Hawks. Yeah. Uh, very quickly on this, just while we're talking about Spurs. Hmm. They've been going off since DeJounte. Well, DeJounte in, so himself has been going off since being named an all-star. I think he's averaging like 32 points, 8 rebounds, 11 assists, shooting 50, 40, 90 over the past five games or something like that. Hey, if he keeps that up and Jock can assist, maybe my lock of the year might still be a lock yet. <laughs> it was against the Pelicans. But DeJounte has been balling all year, dog. Yeah, he's he's looking really good. And, and All-star. Have, have a look. Since, since he got named an All-star in the past week, his box scores have been absolutely oh, through the roof. And his efficiency. Um, usually Plus, not yeah. the most lockdown three-point shooter, but... He's been sniping it of late, and if down. he's got that down, wow. might you throw in another pick swap if you're the Celtics to get to Shante. Jeez. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah nah. Josh Giddy, Jock Londale, big weeks. We'll check back in next week. I'm sure yes, someone else he, will be killing it. He dunked all over the Pelicans. Who was it? It was was it Hernan Gomez? We got on the roll Lonnie Walker, Jackson Hayes, and Valanciunas. Nice. All over that piece. Fucking face. <laughs> Love to see it. Okay. 
Well, now that we got that out of the way, let's say we dive into all the trades surrounding the deadline and Mm. what they mean for the league, where people have gone. We might as well start with the blindingly obvious. Ben Simmons no longer a sixer, boys. We finally got our wish. Maybe three years too late, but we're here. Oh, we're starting with the meat and three veg today. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Dive right in. I can't believe it actually happened. Like, I can. Like, I feel like me and Beatty predicted it would on Thursday. And... I was still I was still concerned that it wouldn't, though. Oh, so I, there was definitely an element of surprise that it actually did. Yeah. I was stoked. Yeah. Like, coming off our call last Just... week, it, it felt like we were hopeful but not really like putting all our eggs in that basket. So to see it happen the way it did was pretty astounding. Um, apparently, the Nets asked for Tybal in this deal a lot and Philly mm. would not let him go and instead included the two first-round draft picks. But that would have been Tybal. It is interesting. Do you think that they they put Seth instead of Tybal? Or is it like... I- Seth was coming no matter what, and it was like a, a Thibel or Drummond and a pick thing. It's hard to say, obviously. I think Seth was included no matter what, yeah. and I reckon Thibel got held out in exchange for the two picks, which just says that Philly values Matisse Thibel over two future first-round draft picks. Yeah, it's. I mean, the other factor as well, right, these are – divisional rivals conference rivals like mm. there's a chance we there's a chance that they run into each other in the playoffs yeah. so we that, would have been an, that would have been an interesting wrinkle because i mean tybal is like philly's best wing defender like he's he's yeah. and i mean he's more in the rotation this year than he than he ever has so far in his nba career oh, he's playing huge minutes um so yeah it, you're right it is an interesting wrinkle i think he would have been awesome on 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 brooklyn but i think seth curry will be awesome for them as well yeah, like the idea of Seth Curry, Patty, Joe Harris when he comes back, being able to spot up around like, you know, Ben Simmons is a good creator for as much as we knock him. And This, this is a perfect team to have around Ben because there are lineups where you've got Ben and, and four shooters and it, it, that's probably what he needs, right? That's what uh, we were clamoring for. Yeah. It does feel like they're worried about um, Joe Harris for sure. Otherwise, they may have prioritized another spot. But he basically fills that role, plus maybe some more playmaking, maybe some less defense. But, yeah, man, it's going to be – I mean, mate, Beatty, take us away. But, like, I feel like, you know, Simmons' side of things, the fit's good. I keep, I keep seeing people talking about how he's the best five, but I think you and me are <laughs> very much aware that, that he can't play that spot properly. Yeah, I, I, I think, I mean, you could do it in, in spurts and certainly spurts. in the regular season. Like, yeah, you're going to get away with it more often than not. But, yeah, ultimately, it's a tricky spot because I you play, say if you play lineups with him, I guess, the notional four and Drummond is the five, now you've got two non-shooters out there and it's like, how do you navigate that? Like, I think you can in spurts, but then Ben's got to have the ball at all times then. He's got to really be ball dominant. 
So it's there's a there's a few interesting wrinkles there. I, I think in that sense the Drummond addition is important because I mean the Nets don't really have a center, right? And no, it's, they don't. it's a whole lot of Lamarcus Aldridge and, and Blake Griffin and Nick Claxton or whoever. Like it's it's not really you know it's a, it's just a sort of hodgepodge of guys. Um, and I think Drummond has been okay for for Philly this season in in the role that he's had. So he's going to be helpful for them in that regard. But it's the fit is yeah. is. It's a lot better than Philly, but it'll still be interesting. And, and Steve Nash has his work cut out for him. Yeah, I was watching this um, this live stream of uh, this Sixers fan, you know, Ball. It's like a it's like a semi parody to Ball Don't Stop. So one of <laughs> one of our guys, and he was like, "Oh shit, Drummond, he's been good for for, for the Sixers this year." And so now it's like watching watching them. Doesn't really matter because Embiid's been that good, but it was like Paul Reed was the backup who attempted this like breakaway reverse jam thing and just got blocked by the rim. It was glorious. Uh, but yeah, their front line after Embiid is, is non-existent, really. I suppose now it doesn't really gone. matter when he's in this kind of form. I was just thinking you re- you you reverse the matchup. It's like so what now. The Nets use Drummond as their Embiid stopper. How's that gone for <laughs> yeah. for you in the past? <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. gotta say, like the Nets may just be the perfect landing spot in the entire league for Andre Drummond. I don't know if there's a team <laughs> that could use this guy more than the Nets could. Mm. Which is a good, a good story. Point. I mean, you yeah, want no, that? It's great. You know, oh, the Lakers could probably use him. I don't know. Watching, um, actually, no. Don't know how I Drummond's do, gonna help. I, I do hope, and this is my hope. I know we've had the Ben Simmons center conversation before. And oh God, here we go. Maybe we maybe we couldn't agree, but my my big hope here is that Ben can play the Draymond role on this team, and I think he actually can. This team, like Patty and Seth Curry, can be an extremely poor man splash bros. KD can drag that gravity out. Kyrie's out there, all this stuff. Ben can be the switchy, do-it-all, big man, passer, never has to score because it doesn't matter. I think this is perfect for him. Look, man, the only thing that – well, not the only thing. One of the things that worries me about him actually reaching that this year is it's like he's coming in straight away, not playing all season. Not necessarily this year. I don't want to pen him in for that because, like, we're almost at the All-Star game and dude hasn't yeah. played a single minute yet. So I don't want to throw him into that, but – you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, and if not, maybe next year. I think that's how this team maxes out their juice. Oh yeah, I think in, I think Ben Simmons in theory here makes a shitload of sense. Like you're missing that defensive piece, do it all that guy. Can, yeah, that can do everything because KD is the only guy that can even attempt to fill that role. And now maybe some of that burden's lifted, so he can just go even another level of KD supernova offensively because he doesn't have to carry as much of that offensive burden. Uh, Beatty, as our Nets guy who went into the initial James Harden trade with extreme optimism, I think you kind of put your foot down. They're winning the league. That's that. Are they in a better place now or are they in a worse place? I I think they're in a better place, but obviously that's after seeing what a a half a season of Harden and half a season Mm -hmm. of of this Nets experience, which has been, you know, a bit of a roller coaster where yeah. with if, if KD is there, you know, the 
absolutely, you've got no concerns at all. But then all of a yeah. sudden, you take away that guy, and now Harden is not. He hasn't been the Harden of a couple of seasons ago in Houston, where you know he was carrying them essentially. I don't know what version we'll get of Harden going forward in Philly. Maybe he's just happier now mentally, and and we will see that. I don't know. Like that's that's another interesting part of it. But for for Brooklyn, uh, like I, I think it's interesting that that they were so keen to get it done. Like I think there was certainly yeah. a, a a sense of urgency from Brooklyn's side at least. That what are we? we I get it from Brooklyn's side. They've lost eleven in a row now. The season is like in the in the toilet, considering where it was before the KD injury. Top um, of the division. I mean, we we literally went from no Kyrie at all to oh my god, we need Kyrie back in whatever capacity. Like we'll do it part time now. Like we're getting off our our high horse of like no to yes. you know now we need him. We need help. Um, Ben's probably not going to play until what after the All Star break. We really don't know. And then, as you said, yeah. it's going to take some time even after that for him to sort of get up to speed because he hasn't played any basketball. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, purely on paper, I think we all love the fit, right? And it's it's just yeah, the challenge is for Nash to to, to make it work out on the court. I, I think everything that has been coming out of the Nets since the trade, it has been a whole lot of positivity, and even some of the whispers uh, about, I guess, what Ben's thoughts have been on the matter. Like he seemed pretty enthusiastic and eager to 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 get in and, and wanted the the change of scenery, and and obviously. You'd think you'd be keen to, to go play with KD, right? And Patty Mills and, and Kyrie, yeah. like you think so. So, hopefully, he is is on the right track to, to a return to basketball sometime soon, and and then he's going to be a big contributor for them down the stretch, particularly if if KD is still not healthy and, and not there. It definitely does sound like there's more of a killer instinct in Ben's. I don't know what's the word. In his intentions with the Nets. No, stop trying to project felt. it, man. I yeah, I don't think no, the killer I, instinct is the. Not, that's not, not what we're not going for here. Like, not, it's not, not the that. right word. Not the right word. But I mean, like, there's a. Okay, let's go. Like, let's play. It, I, yeah, there but, was things that he was messaging KD, that, and they're yeah, like, let's that, do this. I know, that's, but not, that's all. That's not that's hard when, for Gazi, man. Yeah, it's not hard when I the baseline it. is not playing at all. You know, like obviously yeah. one is more than zero. So that in that sense, yeah, like it's this is. It's to be expected, right? But it's so the six. Guess, so the six. Yeah, the Sixers play the Nets on the eleventh of March. Right. It's not going to happen. He's not going to play. There's there. no way he's going to play, right? No. I think it'll be after that. Yeah, they'll have to push it at least. Because if that. Josh, like, if what you were saying, like, oh yeah, mentality, <laughs> mentality. If any of that was even kind of true, he would fucking play. And there's no way he plays. He's always going back to Philly to get batteries thrown through his skull. Yeah. What if he does? No, if he does, don't. that'll be huge. That'll be huge. It would it shut would be, people up, cool. wouldn't it? But he's got Kyrie on his team. He's played. He's dodged every Cavs and Celtics game. Not everyone. Yeah, that's pretty true. much everyone. Kyrie, Kyrie doesn't want to borrow it. Granted, he okay. You know. Yeah. So I take your point. I take your point. I. I mean, for me, the, the big see fit it. thing, like offensively with Ben, like I just it's want great. him. I just want like the fact that you don't have. I mean, we, we saw versions of the Sixers where Embiid was parked out on the three-point line, right? Mm. And then we saw other versions where he's on the other side of the key and it's just like, there's just not enough space. Yeah. The, the spacing was just so not there. So, like, we're going to have versions of them where, you know, Ben and, and KD are essentially the bigs or Ben and LaMarcus who can shoot the ball as a big. Yeah. And 
just having that flexibility of, 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 I guess, being able to accommodate being in the dunker spot or the, the non-shooting spot, wherever that is. Like, I, I think the Nets have greater flexibility there than than what Philly did. So yeah. I, I'm really optimistic about that. I'm optimistic about him in pick and roll as, as a role man. Because I was going to say, yeah. got, Brooklyn's got a heap of ball handlers, right? With KD can handle the Like, how do you stop a KD-Ben Simmons pick and roll? Like, yeah. what's going on there? Like, come on. That's, that, that aspect is exciting, right? Like That's when Josh is yeah. like, Draymond roll. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Is he going to... I honestly, I have no doubt that he has cap- that inside of Ben is like, I feel like an, an, a better Draymond. There might be. I don't know if you'll ever be able to get there because like part of Draymond's, Draymondness is his is mentality. The mentality. Yeah. 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 That, that's, he's a killer if you want to use yeah. that word, but like, yeah. Because yeah. like, like the Bruce Brown spot is basically what you want Ben to do, but in Super Saiyan, Super All-Star, yeah. All-NBA version of it, where you're on the roll, you're hitting those mid-ranges, you're just like dunking on people off the short roll and then kicking because you can now, you've got this elite passing skill that Bruce Brown obviously doesn't have. And you're just making, wreaking havoc in that in that zone off of the, the pick and roll with Kyrie and KD. It should it should be like devastating. I don't should care be. if he can't suit. You use, you use him as a screen. And if those guys are going under on the the Ben Simmons stuff, like KD can pull up with with anyone double teaming him anyway, right? All you yeah. need is a tiny bit of gravity on the roll. Yeah. And that decision making spot, like it I have no I have no doubt that it could work. I just like it's so hard for me to, to expect anything. At the end of the day, the guy needs to be able to dunk an open hoop. Like that'll yeah. change our opinion. If we see him do that, then of course we think he can do the job because he can, skills wise. It's if his brain stops him. Uh, I, I think the big one, and we, we sort of briefly touched on this in our group chat, but like I think that, and it, it's only going to really be more telling in the playoffs, but the free throw shooting is, is yes. we can't have another hacker Ben situation. No, so that, man. whatever he's got to do to try and get that up, even if it's just into the 60s and the 70s percent, like that's, he's just got to get up enough where it's not a legitimate tactic anymore. And last year it, it was. Listen, this guy's had like straight up nearly six months to shoot free throws. If there is no free throw improvement by the time he comes back, I'm going to be bitterly disappointed. It's not a it's not it's not a time thing though. It's it's the it's the mental yeah, part. Yeah, I, I definitely I, think I it's, know, that, that one's a mental. Yeah, you yeah. reckon? Like if Giannis can improve his free throw shooting, but that's mental. He's like a mental alpha. Yeah, he's like I'm just going to fucking get these in, dude. I'm don't you think just... that's a major concern if he doesn't have the mentality to hit a free throw? Yes, bro. Major. <laughs> what are you talking about? We've been talking about this for five years. <laughs> no, but that's what I mean. Like, I want to see it. If I don't see an improvement, then I'm not going to be sold that this guy's any better than last playoffs, which he sucked. Well, and I mean, hey, that's ultimately, this is yeah. that's this is the risk that Brooklyn have take, taken. And, and I don't know, like, even, like, whether it's not even mental, but, like, you look at, some of the guys that he's playing with and, and the resources that he had. I mean, Steve Nash is his coach. That dude was one of the best free throw shooters of all time. Yeah. Great shooter. Kevin Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, these are all good shooters. Like, he's got the resources there. Joe Harris. It's, it's, yeah. Patty. It's, it's, yes, exactly. Like, these are all great shooters. But it's yeah. it's just, yeah, it's it's that app wanting to apply himself, I suppose, and, and really genuinely putting the work in to get it done. Because I, I, you definitely get the impression that that hasn't been the case up until this point in his career, and he's kind of just been able to coast on on what he's already good at. Yeah, it does unfortunately feel that way. Yeah. Um, okay. Other this side been, of the trade. 
Yeah, yeah should we do, let's do some Harden, yeah. Yeah. Now, to your point initially, Beatty, it was exciting, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant teaming up in the 16 games oh, they did play together. Crazy. 16! 16 it's games. such a small <laughs> number, dude. Out of, I think Less it was 159 a a possible games or something. Anyway. Unreal. The 16 that they did play, they were 13 and 3 in. So the fit yeah. worked. They were winning games when they did play. They're just out of sheer overwhelming the opposition. Now, we've all seen Joel Embiid throw his weight around in the past couple of months, and he's Mate. pretty unstoppable right now in the literal definition of the word. So adding James Harden, what does that do? I don't even know anymore, man. Like watching... <laughs> Like watching Embiid last night against the Cavs, against Jared Allen and Mobley, like that front line, he had a 40-point triple-double. And that's a good front line. Without Harden. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, man. Personally, I, if I was the Sixers, would have used Ben Simmons to create a really deep team around Embiid versus going all in for... Harden, because I just don't think that he is the guy that makes you like this. I tend to agree with you. I, I definitely, I would have gone for the depth as well, but that's not what happened. They got James anyway, Harden. Yeah. So what does James Harden bring to this team that they didn't have? Pick and roll. Pick and roll. I, I will say this, actually. I did see uh, someone chopped together this highlights package if you will of James Harden at the Nets and it wasn't so much a highlights package as in James Harden's best plays or anything like that it was a very specific pass where he goes to his right just to the right of the free throw line and he does like a bounce pass between the defenders to the big man and at the Nets there was never a big man there that could finish the play and he did it again and again and again and they would miss it and miss it and miss it and someone spliced in Joel Embiid standing in that exact spot, hitting that shot again and again and again. So I'm very curious how their little pick and pop meshes together. I, I like, obviously we've got to try and I think we've been all very anti-hard in the last, mm. I don't know how long it is, right? So if you want to look at the glass half full approach with Harden is that this guy is what, three or four years removed from a league MVP, he, on on his day, is one of the best ball handlers in the league in a big body. He's one of the better elite wing scorers of the ball, right? He can get to the All line time. better than anybody else. He's a phenomenal passer. You know, anything off the dribble, you know, that guy can do it. Uh, I think in that sense, that's what he brings, right? Because, like, the, the, the Sixers version with Ben Simmons didn't have that. You, that was one thing that Ben just wasn't a threat for the most part in a lot of that sort of stuff, particularly when he was sharing the court with Joel, right? Now you've got, you know, potentially one of the best pick and roll big men in, in Joel Embiid, right? He can, and he can also pop the ball. He can shoot the ball from three. And you've got James Harden, who's one of the best ball handlers in that scenario. So the, the, I guess the, the concerning thing is, I don't know, I don't think the Sixers play too. I, I think they play more this year because there's no Ben, but I, I don't think it's a massive Doc Rivers kind of staple. Like he doesn't hmm. use it a lot. But at the same time, you've just acquired one of the best guys that does it. So maybe you, you have to change your, your appetite a little bit here. It is weird, right? Like MB has never played with, an elite pick and roll guy. Yeah, yeah. 
Ever. Like, 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 like Ben can run it, sure, but like that's not somebody. Yeah. Not I, I, I don't think he even, I, like, uh, if I'm critical, I don't think he can because he, the lack of scoring threat from anything Correct. that isn't like a, anything that isn't yeah. like a hook shot or already a layup dunk, like it's it's just not there. So it's all of a the sudden. defense plays it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So obviously with James Harden, you can't do that because he can, he can score every every which way. The, the concerning thing with Harden and, and I suppose why we've all been a bit pessimistic about him is that the shooting percentages are down. There, you'll watch him in games where he'll, I'm not going to say he's going to shoot them out of games, but like he just has games where just nothing's going in. And like he can contribute in other fact, mm. other ways. Like he's, a, he's an assist man. He yeah. gets assists. Like uh, there's certainly an argument of how much of that is kind of garbage time, just sure. like Rondo assist versus like actual, you know, genuine I, I suppose good assist but even the makeup of the trade still kind of gives me some optimism because like Maxi has been a revelation this season so and they've still, they've still got that guy and there's offense there from him um Tobias Harris is obviously still on the roster depending on how good <laughs> Dude, that, how, like it's that's the tricky that one perfect. But yeah. Tobias yeah, Harris yeah. is still on the roster man yeah. like and I was just <laughs> hey this guy plays like I like watching that Cavs game yesterday there was just this like two minute stretch where Tobias Harris has awful turnover on the break, another turnover off like an inbounds play out to Steph Curry, foul. It's like he was like personally responsible for a six zero run. Yeah, and it's like this is a whole nother conversation. You still, like, you know, like, yeah. I don't know if you can still win hope, with that guy's like hopeful. playing thirty five minutes. Nah. Yeah, yeah. Sure, if you're like, hopeful, if you if you're crazy. <laughs> like man, he's just he's just not it. Anyway, but like I've got, I've got I'm a, with I've. I've got a bit of a hot take on this, actually, and Tobias Harris plays into it. It's hot. I reckon James Harden is actually going to help the Sixers more defensively, yes, James Harden, than offensively. Yeah, please explain yourself. I I will, I will. As Beatty mentioned, James Harden's this big body, right? And I noticed for all of his disappearance in the playoffs – offensively, which he has again and again and again. I have noticed over time that defensively in the playoffs, he actually does try and turn up. He tries to at least like one-on-one, his man, all that kind of stuff. Now he's six foot six, six foot seven, thick, as you said. And the Philly lineup is now Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, who's also thick, Thibel, who's also thick, (laughs) James Harden, and Maxi. So, like, this is a big team. That is going to be a really hard team to score against. And if they, you know, give you your bumps all game long, you're going to feel it in a seven-game series. It's a bit too out there for me. I mean, I, I think I'm taking James Harden's 22 points a game over over the three possessions he tries on defense in a game. Like, I'm not – like, I, I've never been, like, a super low Harden sucks at defense. Here's a 10-minute YouTube clip of all these terrible – like, I've never been that guy, but I just don't think that he's – I don't think it really matters what what's going to happen on the defensive end. Like, it's he's not he's not there for that. He's there no, no, for the, uh, the offensive side of things. And I'm, I'm with you 100%. But, but like, I think a, an unexpected consequence of this trade is that the – Sixers will improve defensively. It, of course, it matters, but it's not like he's not like that much of a net negative. Like I don't, I think he's not a net negative because of all of what he brings on offense. Like that's, and yeah. you've got you've got a, a depoy candidate in Joel Embiid who's going to be the last line of defense there anyway. You've got another depoy all team first defense guy in Tybal on the team. Like it's 
it's it's not even mm. you know you're not asking him to do you just ask him to do the the, the sort of standard average defense right standard average defense would be very nice if you get that from Harden. yeah yeah be really nice um but no then and then if you're if, but if you're playing Bible and Tobias Maxi and Harden and mm. Bede, I mean, Thibault offensively, man, I just I just don't think I don't know if he can play in the playoffs. Well, this is perfect, right? Because like you don't need Thibault to just sit out there, man. And if you're no, open, but then please all of a hit sudden that another Ben. All yeah, you've the, got a know. four on five scenario. Yeah, absolutely. Every Look, time, I, I I don't think it's like ultimately you're not putting the ball in his hands, and it's not like it's a different situation. Yeah, I don't but think it, it's, it's a still. Uh, yeah, that's an exaggeration, but it's not like I, I do know what Jake's saying, and I do agree. You know, that's it's he needs to get that shot to come up a little bit. Sure, so, yeah, but like if if, yeah. if you've got Joel Embiid, James Harden, uh, who's the shooter on this team? Danny, well, Green. Be Dan- Danny Green, right? Danny now, Green. No, that's who I would have in instead of Thibault, probably to close. At least. And you could do like Thibault can come off the bench, no biggie. Yeah, yeah, no, I think yeah. the lineup is, can be could be good. Um, I don't know, man. My- I just lost faith in Harden. It's hard for me. Yeah, the other thing that I am a bit fearful of, and I mean, this was going to be the case regardless of this trade happening or not, but it's just, I I just don't think it's a very deep team. And if anything happens to Embiid, then we're now in the exact same scenario where what? Now we have to expect James Harden to carry another team again. And I just don't know, like we haven't seen it since he was in a Houston uniform. So can he, well, he, he had a good run last year in Brooklyn. I should but I suppose that. that's but, not the plan. Like they're not yeah, planning it's definitely on not the plan to go down. I'm so yeah. interested to see what kind of Harden we get. Yeah, I reckon he's going to be a gun. I reckon. Yeah, but for just, the first month, he, sure. He he, he theoretically fat suited again. Yeah, totally. But then, what does that mean coming down the stretch and stuff? Like, yeah, we could we could easily end up getting just all of a sudden MVP stretch. I don't know. Like, look, I won't say. I won't say Houston Harden, but definitely well, better than last year, man. Like he yeah. was, a, he was a top five MVP yeah. candidate. Like if yeah. he can do that, for a then you know Joel will take him the rest of the way. That's fine. And I mean, like if you mm. want to talk about playoffs and and you know this is the other thing, right? As much as we've just said all this positive stuff about Harden, he's a guy who, for the most part, has always had his lumps in the playoffs. He's not mm. had. Real like, and that's it's still. I feel harsh almost saying it because the guy was in a game seven of a conference finals sure. and he was he was right there. But like, he's probably got more bad playoff performances, memorable ones at least, than than he does sort of positive winning Big ones, time. right? For sure. And like, you combine that with Daryl Morey, who was with him there in Houston for all those runs, and then you combine that with Joel Embiid, who hasn't got out of the second round. And it's like, obviously, there's there's still question marks at all of these 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 guys have to try and overcome, right? So that that's not there's no sort of proven playoff performer here. You know what though? It's it's pretty like I'm not comparing the two, but the level of play that Joel Embiid is putting out on the court every night, Harden didn't have to be the guy. That's why we kind of liked him in Brooklyn, right? It's like KD's going to be the pre- he's the one copying the pressure. You're yeah. secondary. That's what he is in Brooklyn too. I mean in uh, Philly, right? Yeah, for sure. Joel Embiid, he's he's the one leading the team, yeah, putting up the numbers. He's going to be the reason they win or lose, and Harden is secondary on on top of that. So maybe it works because it's not all going to fall on him again. Like he's he is definitely second after Embiid. Yeah, yeah, not even close right now. I, and that's I was actually 
I was going to bring up a really similar point. I think it's really important on successful teams to know the hierarchy and know your role. And on this Philly team, Joel Embiid's clearly the number one option. James Harden probably assumes number two. And then you've got clear number three options in Tobias and Maxi. Like no one's going to be, I don't feel as if anyone's going to be stepping on each other's toes in terms of who has the ball and yeah. who gets the lion's share of usage and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I don't, it just falls into place. I don't think that's the issue. I guess my concern is more just if Embiid is out at any at any point, like, and this yeah. is a guy who has a horrible run history with injuries, right? Yeah. So, and I mean, this year has been one of his better years for the, for it. He's actually played most of it. Like, he's definitely still missed some games, but you know, it, he's been there. We were talking about him as an MVP candidate right now. So, uh, th- I just I don't know whether or not you can. I don't know if Harden's still capable of carrying if, if Embiid's not there. And now mm. now your third option, Harris, is a second option. And now, you know, your third option, Maxi, is a second option. And it's just yeah. like, well, is he, is he going to be able to do this again? Because we've seen this before in Houston. All right. Before we move into the rest of the deadlines, dealings, fellas, yes. one word answer. What team improved from this trade more so? Nets or Sixers? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat and just say um, if the Nets play the Sixers in a seven game series, I think the Sixers win. Can I think okay. the Nets have an answer for Embiid? I'll cop that. I'll take that answer. That was like tr- more words than one. I yeah, it's a t- it's a complicated one. Yeah, I, we're like fuck you, Josh. One word. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the context of this year and the we're trying to win a championship right now, I I, I think it's the Sixers. I think the Sixers. Have, I mean, you've You've gone Crazy. from a guy not playing at all to yeah. an MVP of the league three or four years ago. So in that sense, it's, as well, an up, it's an up. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've lost that. Yeah, but I mean, still, you're taking True. you're taking Harden over nothing, and that's yes. what it was because Ben wasn't yeah. playing. So in that yeah. sense, I'm, I, I'd say this. I love it. I love it for the Nets, though. In longer term, you know, I'm I'm all for it. I, I I'll be buying the Brooklyn jersey, not the Philly jersey. Like if you want, if you <laughs> nice. want to put it that way, nice. And yeah, you'll Patty you'll be Mills. able to get a Ben Ten jersey because you picked the number ten. Yeah, yeah. Ben Ten jersey, Jesus. All right, enough of that. We'll have to wait and see. It's red hot, so all eyes on Philly and the Nets. Mm. But in the meantime, another big trade. Well, big-ish trade. The Mavs unexpectedly shipped off Porzingis to the Wizards. Would you believe um, the Mavs got <laughs> no, in return? I really didn't. Enough. It surprised me. They got Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans, who I suppose is just KP light <laughs> right uh, now. Yeah, in exchange short, for yeah. KP himself and a second round pick. Yeah, this was a shock to me. The fact that anyone could trade Porzingis, but then I guess you take that Bertans contract, who has just fallen off a cliff. Um. And then Dimwitty, I don't know, man. People, I've been reading that that's like Brunson insurance, but cool. To me, it was just like <laughs> Luca hates KP and he wants him out. That's what it felt like to me. That was like, I give me this guy out of here. Yeah. Do you reckon there's a bit of animosity? Maybe a little bit, but also just the Mavs in general. Oh, not just Luca, but the Mavs overall being like, we're not winning shit with this guy, whether it's injury or play or whatever. Get him out of here. Bring in Dimwitty, smaller contract. Um, Bertans, like maybe he has a good half season and we trade him again because everybody wants shooters. 
Um, I think it, it speaks work better with Luca. I think it speaks heavy volumes that the Mavs attached a pick to make this move happen. Wiz just sent over Bertans and Dinwiddie, which Dinwiddie doesn't really have a hell of a lot of value right now anyway. Like, they sent over Bertans, two guys that suck. <laughs> yeah, they, they sent KP and a second-round pick for you know what was once known as the unicorn of the league. Crazy. Uh, does it help the Wizards? Baby, I feel like this is in your wheelhouse. You've been talking, chirping about the Mavs being a worse I, contender, yeah. maybe? Uh, I'm not going that far, but I have watched a bit. Of, I've watched I've watched more Mavs than other teams in the last month or so. I mm. I think more than anything, it's just they want future cap flexibility, and I think that's probably where it comes from. I mean, they were they were due to pay Paul Zingas a fair bit of money in the next few mm. seasons. So I, I think cool. more than anything, that is is probably where it comes from. And I for, for I guess how Porzingis was playing, like I think he's actually been okay this year for, for yeah. the most part. Obviously the limitations that he has are still there, whatever. But like, you know, when there's been stretches where there's been no Luca and he's, he's still carried the load offensively and obviously the emergence of Brunson has been huge for them offensively. I, I guess they're kind of banking on trying to get, I guess, as close as what they can out of, out of Bertans as with Porzingis. Like if... If you're strictly talking about three-point shooting, I mean, that's basically how Bertans got this contract, right? He doesn't really do much else for you. And, I mean, this year, as you guys have said, he hasn't been that good. So you're kind of hoping that maybe having an elite sort of shot creator in Luca on your team is is going to open that up for you. And hopefully some of these looks are going to be too good that you're just going to have to hit them. You have no choice. The ball's going in. So I guess I am the glass half full optimist in, in that regard with it. Mm. And and I mean again same sort of thing with Dinwiddie. I, I think Brunson has been awesome this year because he's taken pressure off Luca in terms of ball handling. And I think Dinwiddie, at least on paper, has all that potential as well. You know, yeah, again, hasn't really set the world on fire this year, but it's less money than than what you were paying KP. And you've got two players that are hopefully going to play a role. I got to say, I really don't get it at all from the <laughs> Wizards' point of view, like. Well, they just made this awesome trade in the summer to shed themselves of Westbrook's contract, make <laughs> this flexibility on the team, and then they immediately pissed it up the wall for Pozingas, who's going to be a similar player for the next foreseeable years on his contract. Like, Dallas have done real well to s- squeeze their way out of that money. You've got, you're paying Pozingas 30, $34 million next year, player option the year after 36 million that's crazy and like that's just for what he's been post the knicks i suppose in general right like and post that acl injury like he's just not been that player he hasn't been a player that should be getting paid that much well i'm pretty confident in calling the whiz uh losers on this trade and mavs winners i think it signals a bit of a was obviously signals that we fucked up the last two big moves we made like Dinwiddie mm. and Bertans. Um, and maybe like, I thought we've been saying this about the Wizards for five years and opening up themselves to the idea of moving away from Beal, who yeah. they have either going to have to sign to a Supermax or sign him somewhere else, which... I feel like he's going to sign, sign that. A, he's going to. He's going to. They're going to. It's going to happen. He can't. They can't sign him to a Supermax, man. No. That'll fuck them so hard. Yeah. Watch it happen. I, it, I, probably, it might. 
I'm optimistic that they won't do it because I think Kemba Walker is. It's right, got to be fresh. It's got to be fresh in the minds of these executives because that. I mean, if Charlotte had done that, they would be in a world of pain right now. And and yeah. thankfully they didn't. And I mean, it sucks for Kemba and obviously his career's taken a bit of a nosedive in the time since. But that they avoided that that poison pill. He still made forty million dollars on that contract alone, plus right. Yeah. So I'm not too yeah. worried about feeling too yeah. bad. For him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but right. yes, but yeah, dude, um, it's going to be interesting, you know, because obviously the Celtics have been linked to him for a while. It's going to be our teams going to use Kemba as like a cautionary tale because Beal definitely falls way closer to the Kemba tier of players, like yeah. borderline All NBA, like All Star versus like the old players that have been really good, like the Chris Pauls of the world, which are really not that common as you enter in now Harden. We're yep. going to see what happens there. It'll yep. be interesting to see how much over the next six months, like. Our team's going to see, and hopefully the Celtics, have, you know, obviously paying close attention, but what what does a 30-something-year-old dude look like that was never a superstar, just a borderline, like, a, like an all-star, like a yeah, French all-star? You're right. It's He's definitely in that <laughs> tier below. Like, there's a bunch of guys who it's it's a no-brainer. You just have to give – you have to pay them whatever you have to pay yeah. them, right? But he's in the tier below, and it's like – it's it's a gamble. It's a risk. I think Josh is right though. Just like as soon as like as soon as I said that, someone's gonna just give him the max. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Yeah. Which is um, kind of fair enough. He led the league in scoring last year, didn't he? Ah, uh, we all right. We could go on for Bill for a while, so I won't. <laughs> but uh, moving to your Celtics, Jake. What you were just speaking about? They did an. Awesome trade Joshy with the Spurs. Boy. The Spurs mid-season trades left and right. You wouldn't read about it. The Spurs Guess- have given up one of their best players in Derek White in exchange for Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, a 2022 first-round pick and a 2028 first-round pick swap. Now, who knows what that's worth? The 2022 pick is so-so. Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, is there anything there, Jake? I guess all the Spurs care about here is young players, wings. Just give me youth. Man, I really wanted to reciprocate some of the love that Spurs Twitter was giving to the Celtics and to Derek White. <laughs> like, oh, tell us about Romeo Langford. Um, <laughs> injured, kind of disengaged, flashes elite. Defender, six foot six, secondary creator, scorer guy. That's elite upside, which we've seen ten times max in his three year career. So, and if anyone's going to get it out of him, yeah, I suppose this is the Spurs game, isn't it? Yeah, right. Buy, so, buy low, sell high. I have no doubt. I, I have a lot of doubt. There's a very real possibility that the Spurs turn him into something, but. He wasn't going to do it here. This wasn't going to happen in Boston. Yeah, gotcha. Get rid of him. You might as well. Yeah, And Derek White is going to be tremendous for the Celtics. We were just speaking off mic before we started recording how already in the two games that he's played for the Celtics, he's proven very valuable. He was the reason they got the win against the Nuggets, plus 11 team high, and then crucial against the Hawks again. Man, this lineup now of... Derek White, Marcus Smart, Jalen, Jason, and Rob is so ferocious on the defensive end. Like, you've got two of the best guard defenders in the league. Like, the worst defender on the team, like, by a pretty good margin, is Jalen. 
<laughs> and he's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's <laughs> pretty good. And so, and then Derek brings a level of playmaking and that just wasn't there with Richardson and Schroeder. Schroeder's not a playmaker. He's a scorer. He was a good pickup. Um, and not that he's part of this trade, but he's also gone, which we'll get to. But And then Richardson's just the um, kind of the the less evolved version of Derek White, right? He's making 12 million. Derek White's making 17. Derek White's the better defender, playmaker, scorer. And Richardson shot better this year. That was the one part that the fans were a little worried about with the Richardson thing. I, I'm actually, well, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in on the shooting one because being someone that's watched a lot of Spurs this year, Derek White has been forced into some very difficult yeah. opportunities and he's, pretty much has to make it or they're not going to score. On the Celtics, this guy's going to have so much more room to work. His shot itself is really clean. I've no doubt that it's going to increase. Even for Spurs IQ, which, you know, there's been lots of players that have gone through with high IQ at the Spurs, he had one of the higher ones. So dropping that into a team with the Jays and Marcus Smart and Rob and these hungry competitors... It's a match made in heaven. I love it. I, I, I messaged you immediately. I was like, Brad Stevens is a G. That is an I, awesome move. I cannot believe the level of support that the trade has received, like outside of... <laughs> it, it's, it's been like the really big podcasts that clearly have not watched any Spurs this year. Yeah. Because then it's like, oh, Derek White, he's basically Josh Richardson. And I'm like... I, and, I, and I was like, hand up, man. I've watched four Spurs games this year. The two Celtics ones and like two random ones. I can't give you a... Uh, a scouting report and then you just dive into Twitter and every single person from the Spurs world is just like, he, he's going to be a third best player. Yeah. I'm like, Oh yeah. my God, he's that good. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. He's Holy that shit. good. You go to the YouTube comments of the highlights from his first game. Every, there's a bunch of Spurs guys in there. Just take care of him, Boston, Derek White, <laughs> like all this, like compared to what happened with Jeff Teague last season, obviously very different players on the minimum, but man, <laughs> And who I also talked myself into, but man, everybody that <laughs> had Jeff Teague on their team the last few years, not positive. <laughs> very, very different reaction. Yeah, um, and he's been awesome the first two games, doing everything, just getting guys open, cutting, moving, just the perfect glue guy. It's He's like Marcus Smart 2.0, but kind of different. Yeah, maybe not quite as aggressive, but a touch more controlled. Um, yeah. What I would say about Derek White is he's not the best at any one thing by any mm. stretch, but he's very good at everything. I don't think he has like a exploitable weakness, and I think no. that's a that's huge. I'm stoked. All right, oh, I give a? that grade an A for the Celtics. Hey, I, I don't have too much to add. Like I, I, <laughs> I like I like White as a player. I think you guys have hit on most of the things that I was going to bring up. He's just a very sort of well-rounded dude. Like he's not. Your point just then, Josh, like he's not sort of elite at any one thing, but I, I don't think that that's what the Celtics were necessarily looking for with this ad. Like, and, and you touched on it, Jake. Like, I think they've got a five-man lineup now that you would feel comfortable to play in, in crunch time in a, in a playoff situation where, you know, for me, more than anything with White, it's going to be the decision-making. And, and you, you probably yes. have that feeling of comfort if the ball is in his, his hands. And it may be more so than just about anyone else on, on the roster, it, there's going to be spots where that might be the case because you, yep. you hope that he's going to make the right decision. Um, yeah, it, I, I probably haven't been too across it because it's like oh. it's 
it's it, it, I'm looking at it from the point of view of oh here's a role player ad like why are we talking about it as one of the huge trades but obviously for Boston this year it's it's a significant trade well this is the thing I kind of that was my first feeling reaction yeah. but then when you dive into who he is and how people feel about him that really know they don't look at him as a like he's a role player obviously he's not a star He's, he's like, like A plus grade role player though. Like yeah, like perfect role player, like Iguodala championship type guy is what I'm thinking. You know okay, when he was right, in there. Let's settle down. Iguodala's. Hey like... man, what did Iggy do? He just guarded, <laughs> moved the ball, and shot some threes. No, like, I'm just biased. I really like Iguodala. Look, man, but... I'm kind of look. We're on eight game winning streak out here, fellas. I'm hyped <laughs> up a little bit. Let's go. But yeah, we it, got Tice I... coming back. Well, let's <laughs> let, let's jump straight into this part B of the Celtics move. Let's go. The Celtics traded with the Rockets in this move, got back Daniel Tice, who all Celtics fans seem to miss, and flipped off. They got rid of Dennis Schroeder. They got rid of Ennis Freedom Cantor. They got rid of Bruno Fernando, who I've never heard of. No picks, no nothing. <laughs> that was it. Straight swap. That's a win. I'm, surpri- I'm, I'm surprised you've never heard of Bruno Fernando. <laughs> honestly but um this is awesome man like it was bullshit that we they traded him last year brought him back i don't know what the fuck the rockets are doing they signed him to a four-year deal and traded him six months later for literally nothing yeah really bizarre and now the Celtics get like this dude making less than 10 million who is a perfect backup center a guy that knows the system a guy that plays really well with your best player jason tatum who played awesome in that conference finals run was Tice and Tatum. Perfect, perfect little team. And you get rid of Schroeder, who I've just hated watching, even in spite of him being important for some of the wins we've gotten. You get rid of Enos fucking freedom. Oh my God. <laughs> so, so good to get rid of him <laughs> from my team. And they've I got can the feel the relief. To, oh my god! You got the backup now to Horford and, and Rob for this year for any injuries, and then now you can either keep all three, Al on a team friendly deal, or you use Al's contract plus some other assets to bring in more role players. And now Tice is your backup to Time Lord. That was what was great about these moves. It wasn't moves just for now, but it's moves. White's under contract for three, four years. Tice is under contract for three, four years. So now all of a sudden you've got White, Smart, Tatum, Rob, Tice, and Jalen who has now another year and a half under contract. You've got your crew sorted. Brad Masterclass, man. Man, Brad Stevens is smart, dude. Like off mic, me and Betty were like, how the fuck do these guys know how to use the cap? (laughs) And and Brad is just a little cheeky wizard. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if if I was to smush all these moves into one, how do you feel about Celtics pre-deadline, post-deadline? We, we were at a stage for half this season where you wouldn't even talk about the Celtics. So where are we now? Uh, what was my preseason prediction here? Uh, it was top three in the East, over, over, and con- a second round exit. And we all went over, by the way. Even Beatty. <laughs> yeah, I, I I was with you on the third best team in the East at the start of the year. I I, I really thought that they were were going to be there. I, I just think it's been an inconsistent first half, and that's okay because it it's 
it's a it's a change of coaching staff and it, it, it's taken some time. And I mean, hey, it's it, obviously you're going to be optimistic when you're on an eight game winning streak. Like it's good vibes yeah, right now. Like it's. But do you, do you think we're going to land there? Is our preseason predictions going to realign? The three seed. Look, man, they are two and a half games out of the two seed, uh, three seed. The East is so tight, and their schedule is pretty easy. Um, it's it's funny how if this team was just like. Tatum was shooting not 32% from three, they'd probably be the two seed. And that's like almost that simple. Um, but he's not. And so it's it's teaching him how to grow when all of his shots aren't going in. Um, that's good. As streaky as Beatty thinks he is, I actually went back and looked at like the last three years of Tatum shooting splits because <laughs> I'm a sicko. And he's had three months over the past three seasons that have been sub 36, three months, 135, and two thirty ones, and he's had an entire season of thirty three and under. It's nuts. Otherwise, it's been like forty plus. And so, if that evens out, I mean, these guys can take anyone. There's no one in the East that's that good, and they always play the Bucks tight. So, okay, uh, you answered my question. You're keen. If, of course, if, look at me. This, Super yeah, Bowl, right. Super Bowl, Celtics eight game winning streak. Tatum <laughs> had thirty eight and ten, and shut down Trey Young on like several switches. This dude is like all defense. And he's gonna he's gonna miss out because people think he's only a scorer. Anyway, uh, well, maybe the better barometer here then is Beatty, who <laughs> doesn't like the Celtics. Beatty, are they better? Are they a threat? I they're better. They're better. They're definitely Oof. better. And, and like, look at like the eight game winning streak. It speaks for itself. And and they're playing better basketball now than what they were in November. These are all there. It's an uptrend, right? It's it's green arrows. Like obviously, if you're a Celtics fan, we have one on the podcast. You can understand the positive. What? positivity right now right i don't think they're a threat that's um, that's i definitely don't think that they are at that level and i i don't i don't think they can take anyone in a seven game series if if if, if you're gonna go that far but which of which of these teams can they not the beat one, in a seven game the series? one with joel and beat on it probably that's oh, probably the, on, the biggest one well actually this is giving me a good opportunity to segue here one of the teams who might give them a hell of a lot of trouble the milwaukee bucks this will probably be the last trade we discuss. Huge four-team deal, huge in the sense that lots of teams, lots of things moving around, not so huge in terms of content. However, the Bucks landed in this four-team deal, Serge Ibaka, who for the Milwaukee Bucks, much like Derek White to the Celtics, that might be a bigger move than had you know he gone pretty much anywhere else. The Milwaukee Bucks need a player like Sergi Barker. He gives them he he fills a need for that team. I think it's cool insurance for Brook Lopez if he doesn't come back. Jake, do, does the Bucks adding Sergi Barker worry you as a Celtics fan? I mean, look, I, I it's not a title year for the Celtics. I'm not worried about that. I'm just excited about what it looks like for the future. But man, the the Celtics have fucking played so well against the Bucks over the past few years. They're two and one this year, one and two last year, two and one the year before that, two and one the year before that, two and two. Like they've they've been really solid against the Bucks over the past four years, and they they'll go six or seven with those dudes. Like, All right, maybe maybe then without the uh, Celtics take spin on this take, mm. just in general title contention wise, say they rematch against the Suns again, does adding Ibaka 
sure. swing their chances more so than had they stood pat. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, he looked really good in his last game as a Clippers, like 20, 20 points, 8 rebounds, I think. If he, if you get kind of like 90% of Sergio Barker, it's a huge piece for for the Bucks. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a good ad. Like I don't necessarily it's not like it doesn't move the needle. This team was already a contender regardless, but it's 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 the kind of ad that you need to make to to, to make sure yeah. that you're still a still a contender. It's 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 what smart teams do. It's it's I mean they they've wanted they've needed depth at center since Lopez has really missed what most of the season. The whole right? year, yeah. I mean, there was a good run there where Boogie Cousins was kind of holding it down, and then I think they had to. It got up to the date where they had to guarantee him, and they they decided to cut him. And and now, I I think Ibaka sort of fits perfectly with what he's expected, what what will be asked of him. It's a good ad, yeah. So I said I said huge move, but man, if if like if you hit on one of these deadline things, like PJ Tucker last year just happened to fit perfectly. Yeah, he did his thing. I don't even think he's that good. He is playing really great with Miami as well, though. But you make one of those little fringe moves, and it swings a series, man. Yeah, like, yeah, it really does. And so this does it, this reeks of PJ Tucker last year, yeah. like just the perfect addition at the perfect time. Um, earlier this year, they picked up Grayson Allen, who has essentially filled in for Dante Vin- DiVincenzo while he was injured, and since he came back. DiVincenzo got sent to the Kings, uh, Rodney Hood and Semi Ojale, your mate, Jakey, who were also uh, on the Bucks, got sent to the Clippers. And that's really all they gave up for this. And to be honest, I think they got to be happy with that. They got rid of a couple of pieces that they don't really need to begin with and got a huge piece back, which could really bolster their chances. Yeah, me and Betty were on earlier, like trying to figure out what was going on with this trade for the Clippers, because obviously Semi Ojale is not helping. Ivanja Marin Gorvich. The Kings could have been burying him when he deserves playing time. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, that's, that's very possible. It's possible. Uh, and Rodney Hood, like obviously, that's not a we're trying to win a lot of games move. I, it must be. I can only imagine it's cap centric, something like that. They got some nine point seven uh, TPE out of it, so that might. I know. Right. Yeah, because they they sent cash considerations with Ibaka to make yeah. this happen. So I it, it is, a, it was, is yeah. a funny one. Bomber was like, I know I'm worth two hundred bill, but I'm paying like a hundred and fifty million in tax, and I don't really don't need have to. to yeah, we're sucks. not going to win this year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's also worth noting from this deal, Marvin Bagley has been freed. Marvin Bagley! We are huge fans of that. That's uh, one of the positive stories of the deadline. And he finds himself in Detroit with Cade Cunningham and Sadiq Bay and a couple of these up-and-comers, Dwayne Casey going to coach. I reckon that's great. This is perfect for Bagley. Come on, baby. I, I, I don't have. I, I stayed on Bagley Island longer than than anyone, yeah, anyone really should have. Anyone in the world. <laughs> I think I died there, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So I, That's I, why I, I am the way I that I am. I don't know. Like I, I don't. Like I hope he can turn it around. I'll put it that way. That's all I can. Really I hope say. so. I reckon if he's gonna, this is the place to do it. This is how, great. I mean, how Sacramento would it be if he goes to Detroit and becomes like. <laughs> All Good. star, yeah, yeah like hundred percent, hundred percent. I would, I would be so not shocked. I'd be thrilled. 
Oh, you'd be, of course you'd be thrilled. I, I, be guess thrilled. I would be thrilled. I like good players. Yeah. yeah. And I want Detroit to be good again. It's been a while. Yeah. Anyway. Just, just on the Clippers, like I, it's they're really embracing this. Just, just they got like pretty much everyone on the roster is switchable, interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Like again, you need them more healthy, but like it's just they're really buying in on that. I, 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 they've also like not been too terrible considering that no, they're, they're missing no, their two no. best players, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Dude, this I, is like the dream. If you, if you're gonna lose your two. By far and away, best players. This yeah. is about as much as you could reasonably expect for the rest of your team to do. Yeah. How, like are, they, I, how, how are they the eight seed? Jake. How are they yeah. the eight seed? How are they ahead yeah. of the Lakers and the Blazers when they have no Kawhi or Paul George for the whole year? Yeah. Uh, it shows it's, you how bad the Lakers and the Blazers how are. How are they possible? Yeah. It's super impressive. I, I think, you know, Ty Lue, it, it, he's been great. Over he's there. a whiz. Yeah. And, like... Credit to them; they are the best comeback team in the league. Yeah, yeah. they bought, Yeah, they grind it out. You dude. can't count. You could. They could be down twenty-five points with a quarter to go, and you can't count them out. Henry, they took down the Mavs yesterday, and Luca had 45, 15, and eight, or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah that's and a that's a big Ter- effort. And Terrence Mann was going at him, and it's like, yeah, obviously the Mavs are missing Dinwiddie and Bertans, which. You say it out loud now. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to happen with them now. <laughs> and, yeah, so it's, it's like that's 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 a quality win against yeah. a big Luka game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Their, their season is full of quality wins like that. Yeah. Um, if they, they – this is kind of – if you guys remember before they added Paul George and Kawhi, they had like that, I don't know, chutzpah about them, whatever you call it. They were – they had that team, Never Say Die, the Pat Bev team and all them. And then it kind of got washed away a little bit when Paul George and Kawhi came back in. But now they're in the team and it's being rebuilt. So I imagine when they come back, this this is going to be great. I'm really excited for both of them to come back. Clippers could jump right back into contention. Oh, yeah, they're, they're ready to go. Get Pucci and Kawhi back in this team and they're right in there. No doubt about and it. And just an, another team, another team to worry about. It seems like oh, yeah, they're yeah. coming out of the walls. The West is like a couple of guys getting like coming back from injury away from being insanely deep. Like the Nuggets get back Jamal and Porter and the Clippers get back Kawhi and PG and all of a sudden you're, you're six deep on yeah. pretty serious teams. Yeah, and um, like it could be any one of them. You could pick yeah. any one of them and it could be them. Jokic is that good, man. I mean, yeah. Anyway, fellas, that is kind of all I've got to talk about this week. I mean, any any closing thoughts on the deadline? Thoughts, feelings, reactions? Love hearts? I've just been so appreciative of all the Spurs friends I've made in the past week. <laughs> yeah. They're good, oh, aren't they? They're so nice, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, love so I love they're the like Spurs. They're like giving me breakdowns and I'm like, they're like, how's Romeo Langford? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to break the news, man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll be good. I don't know. I'm just keen to, to see Ben. I just want to see him. Ben yeah, give me yeah, Ben. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Hopefully, it's not look, too far away. Look out for Philly Boston on Wednesday, though. That like Harden's first game. Yes. Yeah. He's coming in on an eight-game yeah. winning streak. That's that's a pretty that's a pretty fun one. Yeah. yeah. All right, fellas. Well, until next week, you have been tuned into Backdoor Cut. I'm Josh DiMatteo here, as always, with Jake Eisenberg and Matt Beatty. Got a big week of hoops coming up. We've got more to catch up on next week. Until then, peace.